0: All right, it's still morning, so good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here today to quickly talk to you in 10 minutes about winemaking practices and what's best in class for us currently in South Africa. So it's, it's quite difficult to try and squeeze everything in, in 10 minutes, but I think I'm, I'm definitely going to give it a try. So how I'm going to approach this, I'll just briefly some background and then some vineyard locations and age seller practices and then we round it up so shenan is is still the most planted variety in south africa and like marco also touched on 18.6 percent of all our plantings is shenan but also we've got more plantings than the rest of the world combined so this is obviously a very important variety to us and it's also a signature grape but also a very good conversation starter so I'm not saying that we just do Shannon well. It's just very good for us to sit in meetings and say, look at our Shannon, and we can do this and that. So that's what I mean with the conversation starter. So what I'm going to be looking at... Sorry, one back. So what I'm looking at is I'm looking at um, a grouping of wines, which was done by the Standard bank and Blanc Top 10 Challenge. This is the sixth year that we're doing it and it's really to look at the best Shannon's in South Africa. So on average, there's about 150, 160 entries, and it's from around about 100 producers. So what I've done is I've looked at the last three years and then analyzed the winners, and when there's more than uh, winners that had wine in more than one competition, so actually three or four winners within the last five years, uh, Chatted to them, had some interviews, looked at the viticulturists and see was there any movements, any trends, any changes in how they apply their winemaking practices um, for something like climate change and different conditions. Obviously South Africa has also just come out of quite a severe drought. So and you can definitely see the impact on vineyard choices that that was done. So that's and then there's some practical experience and observations from myself. So like Marco had a viticultural experience, I'd bring the winemaking experience. No fancy graphs, really just looking at what makes the wine look good in the bottle eventually. Um, to try and classify this, this wine, these top tens, obviously you get the 50 ton a hectare, you get the one and a half ton a hectare. I think the best way for me to explain this top ten Shennons that that gets awarded every year is by thinking of a story that I saw two, three years or three years ago playing out. I was at a restaurant in Paul, and I was walking to the bathroom, and there was these two guys walking in front of me. Now, I I would call them hackers, like computer hackers, because their pants are hanging and they're looking at their phones, and they're young and they're not, yeah, they're not really with us. So, and they were walking down the stairs. And there was this beautiful girl coming up the stairs and so they're walking and they tap one another on the shoulder and they turn around and they look how she walks up the stairs and the one says to the other one that's next-level shit so (laughs) what what we're looking at today is then next level shit for for wine making so you've seen beautiful mountains what this picture is showing you is that it's not just Cape Town that's got mountains the whole of the African continent is actually one big plateau with mountains. So and then in the coastal plains is where we find most of our grape growing, the Mediterranean region, but then also very important, the on um, the slightly more inland Brederclough-Robertson area. So just looking at a concept that we call cool sunshine. Cool sunshine for me is a combination of sea breezes. So you've got the cold Atlantic Ocean running all the way from Antarctica, the Benguela. And then the warmer um, uh, ocean, the Mozambique current. But sea breezes, or proximity to ocean plus altitude is giving you cool sunshine. And you'll definitely see the result as well then in some of the wines that that we look at. So the Standard Bank Top 10, I've looked at the last three years and just plotted them. Um, This is obviously different districts within the Western Cape, so Bredekloof, Paul, Franschuk, Stellenbosch, the Cape Town ward, Darling, Swatland. So if you look at 2016, most of it was around Paul and Stellenbosch, the, the area is very well known for Shannon, but then also some producers in Cape Town, or the Cape Town ward in Durbanville, beautiful decomposed granite soils, that, and, and then also proximity to the ocean, very important there. Looking at 2017, this was the, the warmer vintage already. So, or the first of the warmer vintages. And you'll see that it definitely, Shannon shapes better in the cool sunshine areas. So, higher up on the mountains here in Stellenbosch, there was some Paul vignettes, but then something that came on board was like the Cedarberg, Very high altitude vignettes that definitely made the cut. And then twenty. 2018 was a continuation of that warmer climate, drought, and this is where something like vineyard age became very important. Older vines, and I'll show you now, but also cooler areas, so about more of them in the Cape Town area. Again, Stellenbosch, quite a bit, um, and then up there, up in, in the Cederberg. And also the first time that there was a wine from Bredekloof, which we were very happy To see and i think it's also got a lot to do with the breeder initiative that was founded and a lot more focus being put onto top-end shannon production in that area so just looking at vineyard age of the wines in 2016 50 percent of the winners were old vines 2017 60 and then 2018 a whole 90 percent so the reason for the old vines Obviously the clusters being a bit more sparse, less fruit, higher skin berry ratios, deeper root systems, so you can actually find that water that that is not readily available, and then a better resistance against extreme conditions. (laughs) It must be altitude here. Oh my altitude! <laughs> All right. So the cellar practices, cool sunshine. Cool sunshine. <laughs> so the cellar practices I want us to to look at is a monitoring of ripeness, harvesting, fermentation, malolactic um, fermentation or lease contact, um, preparation for bottling, and then some other general observations. So with cellar practices and monitoring of ripeness, especially in, in times of drought, there was no specific chemical parameters. It's really about going into the vineyard more than once and tasting, tasting and looking at the grapes and, and making sure that they're ripe. We always joke we've got a, a snake, a Cape Cobra in South Africa, so, and the workers in the fields will talk about cobra eyes. So cobra eyes is when you can start spotting the pips and the, the little dots, so then they know that it's ready for harvesting. Also important bunch sampling gives you much better accuracy, especially in, in drought conditions where on the same cluster you can, can actually have even and uneven berries. And then because of the age of the vineyards, and like in 2019, where 90% of them were actually older vines, the clones, we're not really, um we don't know what the clones are. South Africans aren't really good at paperwork. So it either gets lost. So, um, so infrared imaging is definitely something that we use to Try and see um, uh, where different parts of the vineyard is. Sample it separate and then also harvest separate. For seller practices, so up to three passes. So walking the vineyard, making sure that you harvest that optimum ripeness. Um, smaller amounts get brought in. 10 and 20 kilogram lack boxes for these top 10 shannons, 100% hand-picked. And the grapes are either harvest cool in the mornings or cool down before processing. Whole bunch pressed on some of them, others again 24-hour skin contact. That's a lot got to do with with the winemaker and the winemaker's preference, but then also the the quality of the grapes. And then important on all of them, only free run gets used. doesn't matter if it's whole bunched or then um, after 24-hour skin contact. And then interesting cold setting instead of all the other technologies that we've nowadays got for for clearing of juice on fermentation i think it's important to note that there's not just one way of fermenting Um, i see it as insurance policies that you take out against weather and changing weather so it's about creating building blocks so all the wines had some oak components temperatures of fermentation between 15 and 18 or 18 to 23 if it was in wood. Yeasts, either natural or inoculated, but look at the different components. So 2 to 5, 300 litre, 500 litre barrels, some 600, some big foudre, 2,500 litres, some amphora and even some concrete eggs. So it's all about creating bulby blocks and putting everything together at the later stage. So you'll also see some techniques like skin fermentation coming through so more towards the orange wine making, but it's all about texture and, and just creating another level of complexity in your wine. And then also very interesting carbonic maceration. So to give you, again, another building block to work with. Just some beautiful photos. So this is not off the, the internet. This is real life and what we do. This is actually internet photo. I couldn't find somebody that's got more than two. <laughs> Important again, um, malolactic fermentation. On all the wines, there was extended, oh sorry, malolactic and lease contact. On all the wines, there was extended lease contact, anything from two to 16 months. And talking to the winemakers again, it adds mouthfeel and complexity, um, it adds body and structure, it pro- protects the fresh fruit. And there was no intentional malolactic fermentation, obviously, because of a warmer climate we try and preserve as much as possible acidity and freshness. So then when it comes to the cellar practices, again, minimum fining, um, if any, minimum filtration. Interesting, CMC was used on all the lots. Um, so instead of cold stabilization, it's, it's really just, again, about minimum interference. So dissolved oxygen gets monitored. Uh, dissolved oxygen is always le- or dissolved CO2 is less than 0.8 when it goes into the bottle and then bottle age would vary from two to six months prior to release. right just some final observations. Um, for me it was interesting and good to see we've, we've worked as an association hard on the image of Shannon and the perception the consumer perception. So the average price of the winning wines increased from €7.75 in 2015 to about €12.50 in in 2018. And then there was a 50% split between cork and screw cap. All the winners certified by the wine of origin scheme, so South Africa scheme telling you exactly where the grapes are planted, what's in the bottle, that the vintage is the correct one labelled, and then important, and I think something that's becoming more important, the integrity and sustainability seal that, that South Africa has adopted. Um, if you just look at the, um, the latest wine intelligence report on consumer trends and what's most important for the consumers, this is definitely one of them. So personalization is, is number one. So we live in a very egocentric world where many consumers focus is themselves. Because of this, retailers are now facing a growing and persistent challenge to tailor their products to individual needs. This means going further than just adding your name on, um, on a bottle or a can like Coca-Cola. Um, you've got examples of Vinome, as a DNA wine recommendation platform that suggests and sells wine based on your unique combination of your DNA and taste. So that's, again, in line with Next Level. Um, experiences. More and more people are looking for experiences over stuff. Convenience, if you look at something like Amazon Go, so walking in, not having to scan on the way out. And then the fourth one that they say is here to stay is sustainability. So sustainability has gone from something of a niche trend to hitting the mainstream and becoming a conscious life choice for many customers. Consumers are increasingly expecting the companies they interact with to to step up and start delivering products that match their values. Overall, knowing your consumer and what they like is crucial for success, especially in a climate where trends change so rapidly. This is just an example of regional excellence. Um, A wine list definitely over the last couple of years has changed in South Africa, where it used to just be wine of origin, Western Cape. It's actually gone down into smaller areas. So today you've got areas like um, uh, Cape Town, Paul, Stellenbosch um, on the wine list. So again, another drive of taking it through all the way from the vineyard, certifying it and and getting it on the wine list. And then just finally, some acknowledgements. Ina from the Chenin Blanc Association, thank you very much. Dr. Helene Neot, the maps are from Winpro, the photos from WOSA the experience from myself and a lot of interviews with winemakers and viticulturists